Welcome to Hair Biz Radio with your host, Zakira and Shay Rodriguez. Back again. Back again, right? Mikey is still enjoying himself out in Las Vegas. And today we have a special guest joining us, Miss Nini Couture. She is the founder of Healthy Hair Gang, um, and she is an Atlanta-based stylist out here, actually in the heart of Atlanta. Yeah, she's located in the heart of Atlanta. I actually came across Nini on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I went to see her to get my hair done, and I loved it. Um, I just love how passionate she is about healthy hair, natural hair, and then everything that she's doing and that she's built is amazing. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into her story. How are you, Nini? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to be here Oh, with you, you look ladies. good. Thank yes. you. <laughs> just for y'all. Yeah, it's, it's gloomy outside, but you got the neon right. on. Okay. That was the whole point. Yeah, I, I have to bring my sunshine with me. So yes. I, love that. Sunshine. <laughs> I love that. So just um, tell us a little bit about Nini. Who are you? Hi, Nini. <laughs> um, I was just thinking on the way here, I was like, you know, a lot of people like to say I am hair, you mm-hmm. know, like I am what I do. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing like hair is just what I do. It's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm just realizing that and just trying to figure out exactly who, who I am. Are. Like I, I'm still doing that. And but, that's okay. I think a lot of people are still figuring out who it is we are. Like we know what we do. We know what we want to do. But like, who are we at the core? Mm-hmm. You know, if everything was to be taken away from us, if we couldn't do anything with our hands, our legs, right. or if we couldn't think about certain stuff, like who would we actually be. Exactly. So, but yes, Nini has been doing hair professionally mm-hmm. for 15 years. Wow. 15 years. I owned a salon for 10 years in my hometown of Macon, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out to Macon. To Macon. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day I just woke up and I was just like, this is not quite what I'm supposed to be doing to my fullest potential. And this is not where I'm supposed to be doing it. So that particular day, I was like, I'm going to move. So I had a plan, and a year later, I moved to Atlanta, started over from scratch. Didn't have any clients here. I just said, you know, I just wanted to move to a new area, and I just made it happen. How was that? Like, what was that thought process? Like, okay, I'm going to move. I don't have any safety net under me. I'm just going to go. Like, on faith, I'm just going. What was, like some thoughts that were going through your head or how were you able to make it because you made it? Exactly. I mean, there was some preparation there. You know, I prepared for 12 months. I gave up my place. Mm -hmm. I moved in with my parents. Mm -hmm. I had a son as well. And at at that time, I I was still currently married. Okay. So kind of was going through that whole transition in my marriage. And um, I was scared to just move my son. I knew I could make it work and make it happen. I just didn't know quite how. Right. So I I just did it. I just jumped. And I was like, it has to happen. And like God just kept bringing people in my pathway to just kind of show me, okay, this is what you should be doing. This is the way you should be going. It wasn't like no bumps in the road. Don't get Mm -hmm. don't get it twisted. But it was I felt like I was just doing the right thing. Life just sometimes year after year after year. And before you know it, you're not really doing what you want to be doing or doing it to the potential you want to be doing that. So you have to, at some point say, Hey, like, let me stop this train. I want to go a different direction. So that's pretty much what I did. And people were here and they opened their, you know, salons to me and I just kind of sold myself because yeah. I didn't have any clients. <laughs> you know, as you know, you talk to a, a um, salon owner and they want you to come with 
business. (laughs) And I just saw myself. I was like, yeah, I have a few clients. I didn't have any, (laughs) but I figured I could get some real quick, you know. So, yeah, that's just how I started. I want to, can we just go back a little bit? When you were in Macon, did you feel like a sense of unrest or like an extreme, like kind of uncomfort when you knew that it was your time to make that transition? Was it, or was it subtle? Like, was it like subtle steps that you were like, oh, maybe, you know, I should make a change? Or was it was like, no, I'm miserable here. I need to make a change. It was so, now that I look back, I would always change my salon. Mm-hmm. No matter what I did, it wasn't enough. I wasn't mm-hmm. satisfied with I would change the decor. I would do this. I even changed the name. My dad was just <laughs> like, this girl is going crazy. Now I realize looking back, I was doing all that because I was it wasn't the place. It was me. It was time for me to mm-hmm. move on. And yeah. I kept trying to change the place. So it was something that just like I was booked and busy. Yeah. Way before booked Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> before booked and busy was known. I was booked yeah. and busy. So it wasn't that. It wasn't that I didn't have the clients. It wasn't that I wasn't loved by my clients mm-hmm. or I didn't love my clients. It just was something was very unsettling in me. And I was just like, you know what? I gotta go. I feel like yeah. that's so courageous because I feel like a lot of people would say well, if I'm booked and busy, I don't want to seem ungrateful. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm booked and busy, I'm blessed, so I don't want to make a change. But, like, yeah. it's something inside of you that knew, like, I'm booked and busy, but I could be booked, busy, blessed, blessed. and Barbados. Like, right. I can't, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, getting back to, okay, so when you were in making, I've seen a lot of people in our Started Hair Business group, you know, they'll make comments or they'll make posts and say, well, I haven't got it started in my hair business or I haven't, you know, went to school yet because either my husband, my boyfriend, my family, my siblings, they're not supporting me the way that I want to be supported. And I don't know if I, I should do it because I'm not, I don't have the strength to just leap out and do it. So when you were in, you know, your marriage or in with your, in making with your family, what was your support system? like and if you weren't supported how did you keep going and if you were you know what were the benefits of having that support system well for one my my family and my parents have always been very supportive Mm -hmm. of of anything that I've done my me and my dad are very close and of course we had conjoining businesses Mm -hmm. my parents own a boutique that they've owned for over 20 years and of course, they didn't want me to leave. Yeah. Especially my dad. <laughs> I want me to leave. And, um, but he knew that when I got my mind made up about something, that there was, was nothing. To <laughs> yeah. So at that point, they were pretty supportive about helping me with my son, mm-hmm. um, still helping me with my business. Cause mind you, when I moved, I didn't have any clients. So I had to live. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would commute there twice a week. Mm-hmm. I did that for, Two years. Wow. Wow. And was working at Buckhead at a salon that gave me a chance. Mm -hmm. So I still had the salon and stylist that I was trying to manage. So it was a lot. It was a a big transition. And then, and it was still hard to let go. So that was me holding on still to that security. Yeah. Yeah. And one day God just said, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. And I just stopped one day. And I told my clients, I said, well, I'm going to be done in a few months for coming. It was hard because that was like, I felt like I was disappointing my clients. Mm -hmm. So really, honestly, that was the only reason I was still going. But it it was crippling me for meeting my potential here in Atlanta. So it was like I had my feet, one foot in this door and one foot in that door. And it just came to a time I had to make a decision. So I remember telling my clients, yeah, 
um, I have maybe three more months. And then God said, no, this is your last week. Mm. And it was my last week. Yeah. So when you um, came to Atlanta, you were at a salon in Buckhead. So I know you mentioned that you didn't go the hair school route. So a lot of people think that you have to go to hair school to become a licensed stylist. So talk to us a little bit about what route you took and what what are some of the advantages, disadvantages of doing both? Okay. So mind you, I started working in a salon as an assistant in, I want to say, the ninth grade Mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. So I worked for a stylist maybe for about two years. And then my clientele grew so much, I could no longer assist in the salon with her. So I started, I was a kitchen titian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kitchen so tition. full-time, well, yeah, full-time pretty much. You know, when I got out of school, like, they was waiting. <laughs> and, and I think back now, like, my parents never complained. Like, mm-hmm. it was people in the house at 11, midnight at night. They would come home from work and speak and go into the bedroom. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. hair would, would always be all over the kitchen, but they just <laughs> never... You know, they just never complain. They just let me do my thing. Yeah. The route that you took instead of hair school. Instead of hair (laughs) school. So I already had kind of like salon experience. Mm -hmm. So when I went back into the salon as an assistant again, after, you know, college and after dropping out of college and all that stuff, I was like, you know what, let me just go back to what I know. So they just said, hey, you can you can do an apprenticeship. So when an apprentice is, you work on up under a licensed stylist mm-hmm. until you get a certain amount of hours that's required by the state. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I did. Turned in my hours, got insulin training. So that was my route to getting a license. Yeah. Now, I did enter in, into a school to prepare for my test because it's just a lot of things that you just don't learn in the salon that yeah. you need to know. You have to know the book work. Right. You have to be able to pass your test. So... um would I recommend that? No. No. Okay. <laughs> because you have to backtrack. The thing is, you got to backtrack what you didn't learn. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I just I just feel like if it's something you really want to do, take that year to go yeah. to school full time and get it done. Okay. You know, that was just yeah. my route and yeah. it worked for me. But I wouldn't really recommend that for anybody. Yeah. You mentioned that you dropped out of college. I did. What was your parents' reaction to that? think at that time they just wanted me to do whatever it is you want to do just do it find something (laughs) you know and the the crazy thing is i was doing hair in the dorms so i was doing more hair than studying (laughs) (laughs) and that was at clark atlanta so yeah i was there two years i was doing hair in the in the in the dorm room so yeah you said that they were entrepreneurs as well because they owned a boutique yes they've owned it for 20 years Mm -hmm. do you think that like just seeing that i know we're like big jay-z fans so like four 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 (laughs) He talks about, like, you know, being able to build monetary wealth and Mm -hmm. showing his kids. Generational wealth. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. showing his kids that, you know, you can build your own. Do you think seeing your parents do that kind of helped you to know that you wanted to grow your business? I was definitely a breaded entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, it's just not my parents. It's my several members of my family. family. Yeah. Yeah. So my grandparents had a farm. I mean, like a very big farm. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of you sold and then you reap. So yeah. that's just kind of, I didn't have a choice. Like, I don't even know if I would choose this life if 
I had a choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's work. It's hard. Yeah. It's work. It's worth it though. It's if it, I take that back, it, I probably would choose it. But it chose <laughs> me in the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, it chose me. And then as I got older, then I accepted the call because sometimes I would see other people like in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, they worked at Burger King and mm-hmm. Crystals. I was like, dang, they got jobs. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here doing hair, making five hundred dollars a week. Doing good because yeah. they weren't making five hundred dollars a week. Not at Burger oh, King. No, they were not, not in high school. <laughs> Mm, but I just thought it was cool because you know they had a job yeah. and I took my talent for granted. granted yeah I think like, a lot of times we look at society and like what other people are doing mm-hmm. and it kind of stunts our thinking like you know okay they have a 9 to 5 job or maybe not 9 to 5 but they have a job where they go clock in somewhere and that's discounting you know an entrepreneur I'm mm-hmm. making more money than they're making but they have a job and I think it's just a mindset thing it know? is it yeah. is so yeah I, I didn't choose it it definitely chose me so um, it wasn't a big disappointment mm-hmm. you know, for my parents when I didn't go the college route yeah. and Honestly, like I see now, see a lot. You see a lot of celebrities mm-hmm. getting degrees now. But the thing is, they created wealth. Then Before. they want to pay for their degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They didn't pay and be in debt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then try to yeah. go Dig back and pay for that. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? With girlfriends. Right. Yeah, so, me and honestly, in the Girl, yes. So honestly, I do have that desire to finish my degree. Uh huh. But I want to make my millions first, and yep. then you don't have the pressure, the financial, you know, strain. Right. Yeah. Right, and that way I can just pay them. Hey, I can pay for school and get my degree and be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about you owned a salon Mm -hmm. and then now you're in, you know, Atlanta, you're in a salon suite. What was that transition like or what would you recommend? Because I know there's a lot of hassle that comes with owning a salon. So what was, I guess, the difference between owning a salon and being in in a suite? And like what, what are some of the pressures that you don't have to deal with? that you had to deal with when you owned a salon. Okay, so let's kind of back up a little bit. So after I owned my salon or was still owning salon, the salon that I came to work in in Atlanta was commissioned. Gotcha. So I was working for someone and still owned a salon that I went to. Okay. So (laughs) that was a transition. Yeah. But I'm the type of person I can, like, blend in with any type of environment. Yeah. So I didn't mind having a boss. Like, I wanted to learn. Right. Like, they were operating a very successful commission-based salon that I had never experienced. So, not only am I working and doing hair, I'm looking and I'm learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, your salon was a booth rent? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It was a booth rental salon, um, eight-station salon. Okay. And so, this was pretty much like a, what, 12-station, 10-station commission salon, Mm -hmm. just like professional, top-notch. So, I was learning a lot, you know. That was just something that I never saw before. Most of the salons where I came from were just, you know, booth rental salons, <laughs> yeah. structure. So that was very uh, interesting. You know, I had to wait on a paycheck every yep. two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I had to be on time. Yeah. Which I was still kind of late sometimes. <laughs> but they, they let me slide because they knew when I got there, I was going to work. Yeah. And I was going to do my job. Yeah. And I wasn't going to call no trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm here to work. Yeah. You know. As far as a suite, this is my first time being in a suite. Okay. And I like it because I still am not ready to jump back into that salon ownership world Mm -hmm. yet. I still am grooming myself on the business side and just still trying to decide if that's what I want. So I'm happy in my suite. I like it because even though I'm successful at what I'm doing, I can still be intimate Some. 
times people look at your Instagram and they like, oh, she got a gazillion clients mm-hmm. and they think you just going to be like a revolving door, like mm-hmm. in and out, in and out, you know. But, you know, it's one person in there at a time in yeah. that chair and you can kind of just kind of give them that attention, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour. So I like I like the intimacy of the suite. Yeah. Yeah. I, so like I think a lot of people look at um, salons and they're like, oh, I want to be a salon owner. I want to own a salon. Mm-hmm. But I don't want the work that comes with owning a salon. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not in a rush now because I've been there and I've done that. Yeah. So when I do it again, it's going to be like A1, five star commission i don't think i would ever do a booth on a salon again mm. yeah so it has to be commission yeah so when you're dealing with commission that's that's a serious business yeah yeah so what i love about your story just even just that one particular part was that you checked your ego like yeah. you went from being an owner to then going into i'm gonna learn yeah and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be humble i'm gonna trust the process and then I'm not even going to jump into, after that stage, I'm not going to jump into owning a salon again. I'm going to go into a suite. I'm still going to learn, still going to be humble, still going to have a one-on-one, cultivate a one-on-one relationship with my client. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And I feel like a lot of people sometimes forget to check their ego at certain stages. Ooh, yeah, of, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The student always has to be a teacher, but the teacher always still has to be a student because mm-hmm. it's a, a revolving learning door that you have to go through. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes they say that hairstylists or people in the hair industry, um, they're very knowledgeable about hair. Like they're very knowledgeable about that. But the business side, they're not Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about Mm -hmm. or like the finances because, you know, stylists, they get cash a lot. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're not using a bank account or, you know, how did you learn or or how are you learning how to be more business minded when it comes to your business in the hair industry? Um, Just taking the time to do the work. I now have three days off, and those are administrative days. Gotcha. Those are the days to sit down, get mm-hmm. that paperwork done, make sure the tax is in order. That comes with maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Because in this industry, it's, it's a dangerous thing for a person that's financially ignorant when you can go to a job broke and you can leave with $1,000 in one day. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. Because then you develop the mind state, there's always going to be more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I may not have to say, you know, if I see this bag I want, that's $1,000. Oh, I can just make that in a day and I can go buy this bag I want. Or I can go buy this outfit I want. Or I can go on a vacation that I really can't afford because (laughs) I got to work and then go. Yeah. So that's dangerous. And a lot of, of us creative people are in that cycle. That cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's when you just have to get to the point where you want to know better so you can do better. So that just comes as you get older and you start wanting things. You start getting tired. You start not wanting to work 12 hours a day. You only want to work five or six. And you you see that that money doesn't, you know, equal out to working all day. So that just comes with being an adult, Mm -hmm. wanting to, you know, purchase homes and cars. And you realize, oh, my my business is not in order. Mm -hmm. So that's when that comes, that wake-up call comes in. So that's just, and I also think that comes from teaching. We don't teach our children about money and finances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so now I explain everything to my 11-year-old son about purchasing a home mm-hmm. car when he asks questions I tell him what he wants to know so so when he goes to college his first time he hears something about a credit card it will be from me yeah and not from 
Capital One sitting exactly. up in the mail. Exactly, $1,000 and thinking, oh yeah. my God, $1,000, you know, it's yeah. free. I yeah. think in the African-American community, we don't get, I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of families in the African-American community, we don't get that credit training or how to, you know, be good with finances mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because I know when I got to college, I credit carded it up. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was eating out, out like every, we was like balling out. But you yeah. know, $1,000 can only take you so far. Exactly. And mind you, I didn't have a job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To pay it off. Right. So then what? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. So let's dive a little bit into like your clientele. You're very well known um, on Instagram. You have a great following. Um, what are some of the things? How did you build your clientele? Like, how did you build your brand? So when people come to your page, they're like, "Oh, I like how she has that," or "Oh, like, yeah, I heard a Nini like she does that." Like, how how were you able to build your brand? Because there's people who are struggling in the hair industry or as stylists who are struggling to build their brands right. or create clients and not customers. Okay. Number one, when I got here, well, the first two years were kind of like trial and error Mm -hmm. because I do have experience in a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, extensions. Mind you, I've been doing hair for 15 years. So, of course, I did relaxes for a very long time, cuts and curls. So when I got here, you know, I just wanted to show everybody like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And then you just get lost in the sauce. Yeah, (laughs) lost in the sauce. (laughs) So... I was like, you know what? I just I just had to figure it out and I said, Well, this is what I love. I heard a stylist say, uh, some stylists have attitudes because they doing styles they don't even like to do. Mm. Just because of the dollar. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, you're right. You know, <laughs> some things you just you know, because the client asked. Yeah. You so scared to refer them to another stylist. Yeah. You know, because you're scared to miss a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like that's sense. just not the way it should be. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to just focus on my gift and my love for natural hair mm-hmm. and, and just a transformation from texture to press. That's what I liked yeah. to do. So once I started doing it and of course I was very good at it, people started noticing. And then what I noticed about Atlanta is that everyone to go everyone wants to go to someone that's the best at something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's extensions, shortcuts, they wanna when they go to your page, that's all they wanna see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if I decide to cut my hair short, get a relaxer today, like I'm not going to someone that she got a little braid, she got a little silk press over here. <laughs> yeah. she, no, I want to go. Like, like I want specialize yeah. in them short. Cuts. I exactly. need to know you're an expert. Right. You're not and about to mess my head up. Yes. <laughs> okay, so it's just as far as like you building your brand, especially on Instagram. I notice what you're successfully able to do is interject your own personal pictures onto your page as well. I know that's something that people struggle with. Uh, it's like, yeah. you want to, yeah, yeah, you want to mm-hmm. show customers, like, I'm a real person. This is me. Know about me so you can buy into me. But then you don't want it to be too much like, this is all me and you don't see any of my work. How did you figure out that balance? I think in the beginning, I wanted to push the hair, hair, hair to get their attention. And then once I got the attention, then I could start plugging in a little bit about me because yeah. that's what I'm struggling with now is how much of yourself to give to people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people still need to know that you're human. You mm-hmm. know, you're real. You still have fun. You're still them. People you know? do want to know yeah. that. So that's kind of the balance that I'm creating now. Yeah. Now that people know what I do and how good I am at it, I don't really have to sell myself anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can share other aspects mm-hmm. of my life. So that's kind of where I am 
where I am now. Yeah, yeah. Kind of family. I had a I had a, a brain freeze, but so what I was hearing <laughs> was basically, you know, if you're just getting into the hair industry, you should build your brand based off of that one thing that you're good at. Become an expert in that one area and choose that niche, and then you know build off of that. And then as you get bigger, you know, then you can start spread out, spreading out, and you know maybe doing sew-ins or you know cuts and colors and stuff like right. that you can be good at all those things yeah. but to create a lane because yeah. <laughs> the industry is just so so loud yeah yeah so to create a lane and get people's attention to be able to show your gift yeah you know be an expert in something mm-hmm. and then when they become a client they're going to be so in love with you they're right. not going to want to go anywhere exactly. else so then that's when you let them know well hey, yeah I, I do, do so in yeah. too or I do this too you know yeah. and then bam there it is yeah so, so we'll remix the phrase uh jack of all trades master of one so like, like jack that. of all trades master, master of one exactly. I like that yeah, yeah. let's, right. <laughs> let's um, remix so that. okay so you basically became an expert in the healthy hair realm so you you know you've studied healthy hair mm-hmm. you you wore health you know you wore natural hair i have healthy hair you, exactly right. yeah, you have healthy hair. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about i guess your passion behind healthy hair how you created this healthy hair gang and talk to us about that i think where that came from is when clients would come or we'll just say potential clients mm-hmm. would come in I just started realizing how damaged everyone's hair was. Yeah. Or, you know, how much neglect Mm -hmm. they were putting into it. Because we all want to, you know, look like Beyonce sometimes. You know, (laughs) it's just something about getting those tracks in. You know, you just become somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) But not at the expense of your real hair. Mm -hmm. That should be first and foremost. So I think that's kind of where that was birthed from. Like, look, okay, y'all. Like, tracks and extensions and wigs are all fun and game. Yeah. But what happens if you can't get to that? What happens if your funds are insured and you can't get a weed? Yeah. Then what? You know? And you gotta you have to go to work or you have an interview to go to. Like, what are you going to do then? So, first things first. And we're not talking about the people that may have some type of sickness or something's yeah. going on mm-hmm. or, you know, alopecia. Like, we're yeah. not, we're talking about self-inflicted we're damage. We're talking about you. me, okay? Because I'm aware yeah. okay? And I have we're hair on my yes. head. And, and yes. I just be like, no, I don't want to wear my hair. Yes. But then we take that frontal off. I had a frontal a couple weeks ago. We take that frontal off. You see them bald spots and you be like, Lord, right. why did I do I this? just wear my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jesus. Okay. So, yeah. So, healthy hair gang. Hashtag healthy hair gang, by the way. <laughs> yes, hashtag healthy hair gang. Yeah. So I am now I'm kind of about to do a campaign. This is just like a sneak peek. Okay. It's bigger than hair mm-hmm. because it is bigger than I hair. I like that. So mm-hmm. you see so many people attracting, you know, just trying to advertise. I'm not really advertise, but they want to promote how you can be great in your industry, how mm-hmm. you can make more money, how you can get more clients, how you can, you know. Yeah. But now it's about the balance of life. Mm-hmm. You know, you people have kids, you have husbands, you can make all the money in the world, but that's not going to make you happy per se. Right. And when you are booked and busy and you're at work all day, how does that affect your family life? Exactly. How does that affect your health? You're working, you're not exercising, you're not eating right because you are booked and busy. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. So my thing is now is like balance of life, how to 
have something other than just work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of like bigger than, more than, well, bigger than hair. Yeah. It's bigger than hair. So, so with um, the Healthy Hair Gang products, talk to us a little bit about the products. Yeah. Talk to us about the products, what, what you're using in the products. Like, is it organic? Is it natural? Like, what? You don't have to go into detail right, about everything right, that's right. in there, but that's my baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just gave birth, and it's still a baby. It's still growing. My initial thing was I love going to the spa. Mm-hmm. Like so, when I decided to do a product line, I was like, okay, it has to have like lavender and sage mm-hmm. and all those type of you know ingredients. Yeah. So when I sat down, you know, with the chemist and everyone, I was just like, this is what it has to smell like. This is what it has to have in it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to. Bring Bring, you know, when you use the product, you just kind of get a sense of peace and yeah, comfort. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Experience. Experience. Yeah. Not yeah. just like your typical, you know, shampoo. So that was my whole thought when I created it, along with ingredients that would help with, you know, moisture, because yeah. that's what it is. Hello, moisture. Yeah. So, because a lot of breakage is because of dryness. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where that came from. And it's been a journey. It's, you know, the whole process was about eight months. We'll say like eight months. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people was like, um, you didn't say anything. You didn't tell anybody. We didn't know you were doing this. And it was just because, number one, I didn't believe I was doing it. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you say things prematurely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to say anything to anybody. And then it fell through mm-hmm. or I ran out of money or whatever. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I was just like, I'm going to just keep this to myself until it's done and then when it was done I was like okay what do I do now what's now (laughs) what do I do now? what do I do now (laughs) yeah because I I still can't believe that I did it so it's a baby it's still growing and I'm you know I'm nurturing it Mm -hmm. taking care of it and and I'm excited so now is I'm at the point where now this is bigger than me. Right. And I have to bring people, like I need a team now. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now. Like I need help, you know, people that can educate me on things. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about about that. That's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. In your product line, you have that repair hair growth serum, correct? Yes. Yes. So when a client comes to you and you're using your products on that client and you talk about the serum or you go to reach for the serum, how do you know when, just to educate everyone, it's a concentrated formula mm-hmm. um, to help regrow hair that may have been damaged by braids or weaves or mm-hmm. um, whatever the case. How do you know when, okay, this person needs that repair serum or they might need to go to a dermatologist, trichologist, someone to maybe get a little bit more extensive mm-hmm. help? It depends on how long the hair loss has, you know, how long mm-hmm. the hair loss has been going on. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, for uh, example, if someone... It started here and it just started to grow back, you know, the hair loss and it's bald and clean. I can only look at it from my eyes. Yes. Okay, So I'm not looking mm-hmm. with a scope. Mm-hmm. I have associates that do that mm-hmm. and I will refer, refer them out. Mm-hmm. That way they can look at the um, follicle to see if the yeah. hair can, you know, if it's alive, if it can be rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to sell someone something and it's not coming back. Yeah. Or if they need a treatment that a serum just cannot do. Yeah. So, like, I do have companies and businesses that I can refer them to that can do that service for them. Mm-hmm. So, I can pretty much look at it and tell whether or not it's something that my product or even I can help with. 
Gotcha. Mm -hmm. The reason I asked is because we were talking about this before we got on air. Jada Pinkett Smith had a Red Table Talk. Spoiler alert, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But she said, um, you know, she was getting a lot of criticism for wearing turbans. And the reason why she started wearing turbans is because, like, she would get in the shower and, like, clumps of hair was just falling out. No rhyme or reason. And she was just, like, so devastated. But when she wears her turban, she feels like a, a queen. And she was like, you know... She was embarrassed to talk mm-hmm. about it. But so many women I see in all nationalities are experiencing, yeah. experiencing such hair loss. And it's like almost alarming. And it looks kind of like male pattern baldness a little bit, mm-hmm. just the pattern of it all. And so many people are selling these like miracle drops or like different types of, you know, drops or oils mm-hmm. and like pushing it. And it's like, well, when do you know if it's going to work? And if I go to a professional, will they really tell me? Will they be honest and say, go get extra mm-hmm. help? Yeah. Some people will be honest and some people just want to make a dollar. Yeah. So that's just one of those things. Me personally, if you, if this person is my client and I see hair loss and it's getting worse (laughs) and I'm selling them a product that I'm not quite sure if it's going to work, you know, I'm going to monitor that client. And at some point I have to say, hey, let's, let's take this to another, you know, another level. Uh, Let's go ahead and make an appointment to a dermatologist and that's and that's even tricky because just like stylists a lot of dermatologists don't know what they're doing oh yeah or they're true. just looking at a scalp and they just telling hey i'm gonna prescribe you this don't get a relaxer which they probably haven't had a relaxer in years anyway yeah. they could say that yeah. years ago stop getting a relaxer Stop getting a relaxer. Now they can't say that because a lot of people don't get relaxed. Yes. So like now, now what? what? Right. <laughs> now what? You know, so um, so yeah. It, that's that's uh that's a tricky thing because some people have fine hair and it's getting worse. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll ask, how is your mother's hair? How is your father's mother's hair? Mm-hmm. How is your aunt's hair? At what age did they start experiencing hair loss? Mm-hmm. So I ask all those questions. So what? Because I know we've gotten into this. I guess we could call it a trend, natural hair trend. You know, back in the day before, a lot of people weren't interested in wearing their natural hair. You know, we just wanted to get relaxers, wanted that straight hair, Mm -hmm. just for me, Mm -hmm. olive oil, whatever it was you Mm -hmm. was uh, putting in your hair, Mm -hmm. relaxers. And then it got to a point where everybody just wanted to be natural. So what could you see as a hairstylist? Like, what was that trend transformation? Like, when did all of your clients start going natural or you know have you always had natural clients or talk about your own personal journey becoming natural going natural or not getting relaxers okay so i went natural on accident (laughs) my clients went natural on accident okay how Um, is it an accident please explain (laughs) this to me um and this was you know this was some years back Uh you know that's when i first started wearing so you know with sewing scalp yeah you know and I was like, okay, I want this thing. I want to sew in. Because I always had hair. Yeah. You know, so that wasn't. And you like, have a lot of hair, too. Yeah, I always <laughs> had hair. And um, so I would start making my clients wait. That's when I realized I could, I had a talent in pressing hair. And, you know, eight weeks would go by, uh, 12 weeks, which is three months. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, let's let's go another four weeks. So, you know, <laughs> let's, let's go another four weeks. They were like. Like, lady, you <laughs> relaxer. And I did the same thing to myself before, yeah. you know, a year had went by and they didn't have a relaxer and their hair still looked the same. It yeah. felt better. So that's what I mean. It was by accident. It wasn't like they said, hey, I want to be natural. Yeah. That's just how it happened. So it's so funny because 
that happened before I even thought about moving to oh, Atlanta. Wow. To Atlanta. Okay. So me doing that was really in preparation for where I ended up at in the commission-based salon because it was an all-natural salon. They didn't do relaxers at all. Oh, okay. And they had a certain type of way that they styled hair. And I was already experienced in that. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just like, that's how I knew I was where I was supposed to be yeah. when I moved to, like, out of all the salons in Atlanta, I end up at this place. And I felt like, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So, so you said that they did, they had a certain way that they did hair. So mm-hmm. when you got to that salon, you had to learn their culture. You had to learn the way that they did hair. That's what I mean. Like, it's so ironic because I was already doing it because they would make oh, their li- they okay. would make their license style as being mm-hmm. assistant for I think may have been eight weeks. Mm. They didn't make me do that. Wow! Because okay. I already I was already doing how to hear how they was doing. Yeah, like curls, press, and everything. Like I just like kind of like hopscotch. I just jumped <laughs> on in. I was like, okay. did you take that as a sign that you're on the right path? Yes, God gives you signs. Definitely. That was definitely one of yeah. them, I'm sure. I want to talk to you about this textured press method you have. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to talk about this because I feel like so many stylists, when you come in and I'm natural and I'm like, oh, I, I want, you know, straight hair. I want to get my hair straight in. When I get out the chair, it's like so flat and like too silky. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. but when I was going through your page and I saw a textured press, I was like, I've been looking for this. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you always been natural? I had a relaxer for one year in high okay. school. Okay. And then I was just like, this isn't for me. Because <laughs> I was going to the Dominicans. And, you know, uh, and it, that was back when they, would, they wouldn't they would do your hair yeah. if you were natural. So I went to the Dominicans for, for like a year and that's when they were perming me or whatever. But no, I, after that, I had to. Get back to it. I had to get out the creamy crack. But <laughs> tell me about the textured press. Why did you? Why do you have that? Why do you offer that? I, had, I think one client started that. I, I would have a client, mm-hmm. and this was when I was working in um, the salon, full mm-hmm. salon, several stylists, and she would come and say, "I want the temperature on." 300 mm-hmm. and I don't want it straight like I just want it a little bit straight but not that yes. much straight but this kind of straight but I want my roots like this and I was just like okay <laughs> and it was so funny because when she would leave out I didn't want every, anybody to think I didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. because her hair was still so thick mm-hmm. And but that's how she loved it and she sent me a picture of it she said well I pin curl it when I go home and this is how it looks the next day and it was like Diana Ross fabulous yes. it wow. was so pretty so I realized everybody doesn't want a hard press. Yeah. And I said, okay, so this is a thing. And I just gave it a name <laughs> and texture press. And that's pretty much what happens. That's, you I know, like when, that. Yeah. yeah, so it's a texture press because I know people that like to wear their hair textured and curly mm-hmm. and twist. They just don't like it's It's taking so long to get all their curls uniform. So it's yeah. like, please don't mess this up for <laughs> yeah. me. So that's why I made, you know, I made it a thing. Yeah. Yeah. An extra service. That's dope. Yes. It's a good thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I will be contacting you. <laughs> <laughs> you also, we talked a little bit about how you grew your Instagram following, but your Facebook following and you have a significant amount of likes on Facebook. Talk a little bit about the videos that you put on Facebook. I know last year you did a lot of like silk press, like the pros videos. You actually put out in like an, an, a full length type video and then uh, more than a silk press video. You got a lot of views on those and... It's just so good to see it in a longer format before Insta- it was before Instagram like incorporated videos. Mm-hmm. So like it was really good to see that in like a, a bigger format. Do you think those videos help to increase your Facebook presence? Yes, people like videos or mm-hmm. pictures. Yeah, they we're just in an age of 
I want to see. Mm-hmm. So um, I was talking with someone that was kind of just entering the industry and she was just like, you know, basically didn't want to be on a part of the social media world. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is just what it is. We're in the world of people want to see yeah. no matter what type of industry. If you're looking for a chef, you want to see his Instagram. You want to see the food. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me see what you You want to see it, then taste it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So um, people love videos. They mm-hmm. want to see. And they really love live because they definitely want to see it. Yeah. They can see it live going yep. on. That's even better. <laughs> But they love videos, so it did help a lot to build my brand. Um, How important is Facebook to you? I'm just now getting back reacquainted Mm -hmm. with Facebook. Because Facebook, to me, was very personal Mm -hmm. at one point. And then when I didn't feel like being personal... Yeah. <laughs> then it was just kind of like you, you know, then you, everyone went to Instagram mm-hmm. because then it was more so not, you didn't have to really know anybody personally or they didn't have to know you yeah. to really kind of interact almost. Mm-hmm. But Facebook was more so like, you know, for people you grew up with, yeah. family, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yep. So it was like, when I didn't really feel like doing that, I was just like, okay, let me go over here. Yeah. But, and I don't think I, go ahead. But Facebook is actually very important. Like, yeah. to a business. Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to get back acclimated with it and just kind of really building that relationship back up. Because at one point I had a really good uh, interaction. And that's what it went. You don't want it to be like, oh, I'm just here to tell y'all about this product. So yeah. you can go buy it. Like, Salesy. no, no, mm-hmm. no. You want people to get reacquainted with you and what you got going on in your life other than just what you're selling. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not really all. It's not all about what you're selling. Like, I'm selling it because it works. Right. You know, because I, I never wanted a product line. Like, to me, it just seemed like a big hassle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I don't want to push products. Like, I don't. But then I realized it was a market. It was still a market. Yeah. Because I would say it's already good products out here. Like, I use some of the best products that are out Mm -hmm. here. Like, why would I go and spend my hard on money trying to create a product line and then you got to sell it? Who wants to do that? <laughs> well, you're doing good. You're yeah. doing good. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's it's more than just selling something. Like, yeah. So I'm, to answer your question, Facebook is very important for a business. Yeah, I think especially if you're doing Facebook advertising, if you're wanting to get into that, even with Instagram, like it's a, a pay to play thing now, you know, mm-hmm. they change that algorithm around and people aren't really seeing you how, mm-hmm. you know, they were previously. So, right. It's social media is just really big now because people are not really watching television. Like it is your phone is your television, right? Is your TV. And, and it's just very important. I don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't want to pay for an ad or mm-hmm. I don't want to pay this. Just think about how expensive com- commercials are Ooh, yeah. on television, mm-hmm. how much they were. Um, you had to be doing very well for yourself to get, to get a commercial on TV. Yeah. So social media is only a fraction of that cost. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about it in that way. Like yeah. people wake up. Like, people looking at their phone and they sleep, really. Like, one eye Word. open, one eye closed, and they looking at the phone. So, like, why wouldn't you invest in advertisement on yeah. social media? That's true. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Let's uh, talk about salon etiquette. So, like, what gets on your nerve? Like, when you have clients that come in and you like, no, don't do that at home. Like, don't come sit in my chair and do this. Like, what is just some things, like, pet peeves that you have with your clients? I don't have any pet peeves. Don't lie. Oh. Like, I'm like, if I was like, I'd be like, 
like, do not go home and straighten your hair every day. After we did this, friends, yes. right? well, just what are some things I'm, that you no, don't I'm, like your clients I to do? I'm sure that I have something. <laughs> I, I will say... Ooh. I'll give you an example. Like, we've, we've had some stylists say, like, I don't like when my clients come in and show me pictures of other people's work. Like, I just don't like that. Why? I don't know. But some stylists okay. are like that. Right. You know? Yeah, that particular thing doesn't bother me. Is it like a, re- like, they'll be like, don't ask me, don't come in and ask me to recreate this? I've heard stylists say, no, like, no. don't it's- show me other people's work. <laughs> but, like, work. if you see a particular style that you like, like, how does that work? I don't Speak know. Speak from the consumer <laughs> perspective. Exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. If, if like, I come in and say, I want this color red because I want this color yeah. and I'm paying you to give it to <laughs> yeah. me. Why are you mad that I'm showing you the, like how I don't know. I'm, it's like makeup artists too. Like some people are just like, don't show me other people's work. So am I supposed to bring in my Chick-fil-A cup and be like, this color right on the cup. That's the one that <laughs> yeah, I want. Like <laughs> mentioned touching their hair while I'm doing your hair. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I would say just not trusting. Yeah. If you're in my chair, then you need to trust me. Right. So don't try to tell me how to do my my job. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, you can definitely ask questions. Yeah. Like, my thing is ask questions because I want you to know what you're doing. Yeah. If you want, if you have any type of concern or mm-hmm. whatever, but, like, you chose me for a reason. Yeah. And if you don't trust me, then let's, hey, let's find someone that you do trust. Yeah. I'll help you. So, no micromanaging. <laughs> you. you don't like micromanaging. Yeah, like, I don't like, here. tell me what you want. Yeah. Tell me what, you know, your expectations are, and mm-hmm. then let me do my job. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's that's one thing, feeling like someone doesn't trust me. Like, if you got anxiety about me doing something, like, that's creating like no. <laughs> do you yeah. do you do stuff that annoys like your stylist? Do you know? Okay, I'm not even gonna lie. So when I, when my cousin does my hair, she's like, "Stop doing that! Stop looking!" But I think it's because it's family. Yeah. Like you know, oh, we're going and we yeah. have that personal relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, I won't go sit in a stylist chair and be like, Mm-mm, "I don't want that." What you doing? <laughs> right? back there? You know, uh, looking in the mirror every five seconds. Like I'm not that person. I was just asking because yeah. you know I see like a lot of stylists that's that have like or even on the blog like mm-hmm. you have posts that say uh, we have a blog where it talks about 12 things that your stylist hates mm-hmm. like you know hates mm-hmm. what you do when you come sit in the chair or like I know I've been to a stylist before where they're like don't put any heat on your hair like mm-hmm. for the rest of the week you know mm-hmm. and then you may go home and be on 400 pressing your hair out and mm-hmm. then you come back and it's like what, what is happened? going on with your hands it's because you're burning it or you're not properly using right. like a heat serum or mm-hmm. you know um, doing what you're supposed to be yeah. doing. Yeah. I've just been, I think I've been blessed with some obedient <laughs> clients. Now, the only thing that I just popped in my head is when um, someone comes and they're not honest about previous color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because color is, you know, it's, it's chemistry. Yeah. And it's going to show if you had previous color. So go ahead and be honest. Say, hey, yeah, I, yeah. I did it. I put a black rinse on there. Yeah. <laughs> or I dyed it black six months ago because it's going to tell your hair is going to tell the story. Yeah. You can't like do it or cover it up. Because when we put the color, it's going to show exactly where that color. Mm-hmm. And, when, and yeah. we can tell, hey, you put black color on your hair six months ago. Yeah. So that I can. Yeah, that's been that's happened to me before. And I'm sure that's happened to a lot of stylists before. Yeah. And um, so that's that's definitely a pet <laughs> pain. Don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> don't don't so, do that. Um, so when a, so let's just say a client was coming to, you, you know, it's their first time coming to you. Their hair is pretty damaged. Maybe they, you know, want to start getting their hair healthy. They're not going to, you know, put any weave in their hair. What What do you tell them? How often do you tell them to come to you? What products do you tell them to use at home? How do they manage their hair in between their visits? 
coming to see you? It's it's kind of it's pretty simple. It's mm-hmm. not as difficult as, as it sounds. If they want to, you know, become a client mm-hmm. and and start their hair healthy hair journey, um, pretty much the the average is every two weeks. Mm-hmm. If they can kind of commit to every two weeks to give me enough a chance to for them to see a difference. It's just like being on a weight loss program. Yeah. You're not going to see a huge difference in two days or a right. week. You know, right? <laughs> it's, it's a commitment, right? Mm-hmm. So I let people know that. That's important to me. Because if you just follow me and you like the way I style hair and yeah. you just want your hair done for your birthday yeah. and you're really not <laughs> trying to join, I don't have a problem with that, but that's kind of not the client that I am right. in the market for. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for people that are ready to start a hair journey. Mm-hmm. So pretty much they come, you know, if they can come every two weeks, either I tell them they can wrap their hair at night as mm-hmm. long as they're maintaining their hair. If they can commit to no tension for a couple of, like a couple of months, no tension. And that mm-hmm. means like no tight braiding. If they, and I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. I know if you've been wearing weave for years, it's like trying to cut your hand off, trying to say, I can't <laughs> wear my weave. Yeah. So I recommend units, not Stone down, not glue down. Just put on, take off at night. Yeah, that way it's it's kind of like you're. I'm transitioning. Yeah, because I don't want. I'm not trying to set you up for failure. If you're used to, you know, long, thick, flowy hair, I'm just. My job is to get your real hair right. Okay, yeah. and and what can we do to come together and get this done? Like, be honest with me. If you know. Like, girl, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not wearing my hair. <laughs> yeah. And not, no, like, I'm not doing this. So if you feel that way, like, okay, can you give me two weeks on, two weeks off? Can you give me that? Yeah. Wear your hair for two weeks. Then you can wear your unit for two weeks. Can you do that? So let's work together. Yeah. So that's kind of how that works when they want to become a client. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you have anything else, Shay? I just wanted to break down your products one more time. Yeah. So you have the moisturizing shampoo. Yes. Why would we benefit from purchasing that? Moisture, moisture, moisture that keeps your ends from breaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, splitting, not mm-hmm. breaking. Keeps your hair from just popping off mid-shaft. That's mm-hmm. called breakage. Yeah. Keeps your your scalp healthy where you can have healthy hair growing, you know, after follicles. It's just it's just a great shampoo mm-hmm. and conditioner. Okay, yeah, the conditioner. Talk about the conditioner. We didn't talk about that at all. It's a maintenance conditioner, so it's not just like a treatment. Like you can use it weekly or you can use it bi-weekly. Okay. However, okay. a lot of my clients per se, they don't really shampoo their hair. Mm-hmm. But people love the hair shampoo, have shampoo at home. Mm-hmm. So really... I had you wear your hair textured most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I created the product, the product actually was created with you in mind. Oh. Okay, because you're shampooing your <laughs> hair yourself more than just say, I'm just using you because yeah. you have your hair straight. Whereas she may go to the salon every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, girl, I'm not dealing with this. That's Yeah, so you are the consumer that I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Because I get a lot of clients that may only come get a press maybe every six months mm-hmm. and they wear curly and their hair is so dehydrated yeah. and so dry when they come in because they're not using um, a cream-based moisturizer like they're supposed to. A lot of people are in love with the Cantu gel because it just makes their curls, you know, do what they mm-hmm. needed to do. But it's not moisturizing your hair. So when you come to me and you want me to press it, it's, it's very dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So that's why I created a moisturizer line first before like anything, anything else. else yeah mm-hmm. and then the serum the serum i created the serum because a lot of people was coming and they had damaged their 
their edges. Also, like I've experienced people that have gotten a sew-in and it was braided so tight. They come back, they literally have a bald spot. Mm-hmm. Head full of hair and then it's just like a spot. So clearly, like that's, yeah. that's hair loss that's from tension. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, wow. So let's, you know, let's do a serum that can kind of, you know, help the process of your hair growing back a little bit faster. You yeah. know, it's not going to be like weeds growing like the next day. Like, <laughs> here it is. Like, no, I'm not going to lie and say it's that. But <laughs> it is going to aid you in that hair growing back. Yeah. And um, it, it's, like I say, it's really for a self-inflicted um, where you have gotten braids. Mm-hmm. It's something that you did to make your hair yeah. loss. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. And then also it's for a postpartum hair loss as well. Oh, okay. A lot of women experience that and we don't want to. It's just a part of the process of mm-hmm. giving, yeah. you know, of your body just kind of getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, hormones, all of those things. So it aids in that as well. Oh, but okay. as far as something like if you have some type of illness or hereditary that's something a little different, and I yeah, want to deeper. say that the product mm-hmm. is for that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, uh, where can people find these products? They can find the products <laughs> at www.thehealthyhairgang.com, mm-hmm. or you can um, purchase on site in Macon, Georgia, at Stevens Fashions, or you can purchase at HHG mm-hmm. Salon um, Memorial Drive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. It's, and it's, we'll, we'll put the links in the show notes for you guys. So if you're interested in grabbing some of those products, you can just click on the link and it'll take you directly to where you need to go. Any last words that you want to share? Any tips or tricks or anything that you have that you just want to you know, share with everybody that's listening? If it's like anybody in the industry listening, just continue to, you know, grow your business believe in your gift take time to get educated on the business side of owning a business we are very very creative beings so a lot of the serious stuff we don't want to deal with you know if you don't want to deal with it pay someone get it done some kind of way because you're not going to be in your 20s forever you're not going to be in your 30s forever you're not going to be in your 40s forever (laughs) so preparation is like everything and just you know stay motivated and and just be positive and that's pretty much (laughs) yes i love it where can people find you on social media website how can they book you you're right here in the heart of atlanta okay so if you're following me on instagram it's nini couture hair my booking link is in the bio i'm also on facebook and hhg uh, is on Facebook as well, which stands for Healthy Hair Gang. We also have an Instagram page. So if you can follow the Instagram for Healthy Hair Gang as well, yep. I would appreciate it. Facebook is the same, Nini Couture Hair. And yes, that's that's pretty much it. I'm not really um, that. I have a Snapchat and my <laughs> son was like, he called Instagram faces the fake Snapchat. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, let me go to my Snapchat. Right. So I went to Snapchat, but it wasn't popping. No, so, yeah. nobody's on Snapchat anymore. Snapchat really. um, but shout out to Nini for hanging out with us yes. today at Hair Biz Radio. This is episode 29. Make sure you guys subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher Radio. And make sure y- y'all hit up Nini. Okay, go visit her at the salon. I went to go see her. She's bomb. I think Shay's about to go get that texture press yes, um, yes so make sure you sure you guys follow her and go visit her and that's a wrap <laughs>